The following podcast is a Dear Media production. The Skinny Confidential products are now available at Revolve.com. I personally am such a fan of Revolve. It's so easy to not only shop on the site, but to check out. Everything is streamlined. So you can now shop all Skinny Confidential products except the butter brush on Revolve.com. So go shop the ice roller, pink balls, sleeping bag, face oil, razor, replacement blades, shaving cream for women, the planner, and Lay Spoon, the body sculptor. Go on there, grab all the things, and then you can also go to shopskinnyconfidential.com to grab the butter brush. You guys can go shop cute clothes, accessories, hair accessories, home goods, and grab a TSC product. Go to revolve.com now to shop all Skinny Confidential products. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. I had zero plan because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if someone was going to like tell me what to do. So when I pull up to the house, they like put a mic on me and they're like, okay, go. And I go, go where though? And they're like, go into the house. And so you walk in and you kind of wait for someone to say hi to you. In the first, I would say 30 minutes, I went into the bathroom and I called my mom and I said, I think I'm going to faint. Like, I shouldn't have done this. This is not for me. I don't, I don't like it at all. And by the end of the weekend, I had met like Hannah and I was like, no, this feels right. I just, there's something about her. This is like going to be my best friend forever. Hannah was like for sure my security blanket through it. I have been wanting to interview Paige on the show for a long time. I feel like she was such a breakout star of Summer House. I immediately liked her. I liked her energy. I liked her vibe. I liked her style. When she came on to Summer House, I had been a fan of the show And she came, I want to say in like season three. And immediately I was like, this girl is funny. She's interesting. She's sort of like the voice of reason for the show. I was also so happy when Paige appeared on my television screen for Southern Charm. She's dating Craig, who is like one of the stars of the show. And I always look out for scenes with Paige. On this episode, Paige dives into what the behind the scenes of reality TV is like how she navigates the dynamic between her castmates, style, dating life. She also gives so many good tips. And she talks about her top podcast, Giggly Squad. I like this episode because it's multifaceted. It goes everywhere. It's funny. It's informative. And you get great style tips. On that note, let's welcome Paige to the Him and Her show. This is the Skinny Confidential Him and Her. Paige, I have wanted to interview you for so long. I feel like I followed you for so long. I I mean, right when I saw you on Summer House, I'm like, she has it. Wait, I need, because I have all of your products, obviously, because... I brought you balls. Okay, wait, I need the, the, the drops. The drop, yeah, of course. Okay, because okay. I was like, wait, how do I not have these drops? We'll get you the drops. We'll get because okay. you're you're drops flying are... you're flying just to Southern yeah, Charm. You got it. Like, you got to yeah, have. How did I not know this was a thing? <laughs> she needs the drops. I need the drops. I have wanted to interview you since I saw you on the show. There's something to me as a viewer that was really sparkly about you. Like, oh, thank you. When you came in the house, it was like a, a sparkly energy, and I literally said to Michael. She's gonna be famous. I, you know. Oh my gosh! Thank you. You just That's have true. it. Thank you. Yeah, you have the sauce. It. 
yeah, Something, yeah, yeah. It's the sauce. It's the swagger. Yeah, it's like, you gotta have the sauce. Yeah, you just have it. So now to have you on the podcast is like very full circle. I want to go back to before you were famous. Mm-hmm. What were you like when you were little? <laughs> Probably the same. I loved attention and napping. I was always a great sleeper. So when I was younger, I was actually a child model. So that's like limited to. Yeah, I, I was limited to Easy Bake Oven. Like I did like when I was like 12, 13, I did like all like teen novel covers. So like anything on like the reading list that summer, like I was typically on the cover. It was very surreal. But at that time, I never wanted anyone to know. So like no one knew I modeled my whole life, probably until I was in like sixth or seventh grade when Limited 2 came out because every girl got that to their house like before school started. So I was a child model and I didn't really ever do like sports or anything like that was kind of my thing. And that's how I fell in love with like New York City and knew like, okay, one day I'm going to move to New York City. I thought I was like going to be a model. And then I would, I'm 5'3". So (laughs) that wasn't happening. Where did you grow up though? I grew up in upstate New York in Albany. So my mom would drive me down. She would like pull me out of school, drive me down like two hours. I would do stuff and then I would go back home. Maybe that's why this is really weird. You sort of like looked familiar to yeah, me. Yeah, I ha- got a lot of that. I'm not, I can't put my finger on it, but like Easy Bake Oven, Limited yeah. to these are all things I had. Like that's, I- I'm like flashing back. Maybe there was like a fam- familiar yeah. about you. Because Limited to that was like the Bible when that got delivered to your house. I like, have no idea what Limited to is. I'm trying to keep up. Men would never get the feeling. Like now I think about it, like if Limited to was still around, I feel like I'd go in that store and buy everything because you would like go into a trance when you were younger. And the you're, blow like, up you would, couch. I can't. The sticker machine. The phone that you could like see all the wires inside. Just everything. I know those things. I know the wire phone. <laughs> no, 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 Michael. Don't try to get on board with Limited 2. You literally I'll be right back. Gonna, I'll be back in a couple minutes. <laughs> okay. So so other than modeling, yeah. going to school, what, what was your childhood like? You're very close with your mother. Yep. Extremely close with my family. We, I, like I said, I grew up in upstate New York and it was, I have an older brother. We're very Italian- my mom's 100% Italian, so very, like, close-knit. And I was really, like, the first one to move away. And you would have thought, like, I moved across the country to, like, a different country. I moved two, two and a half hours away. But it was a big adjustment. And my dad, or my mom kind of had to convince my dad after I graduated college to let me go. And my dad said, okay, you have a year in New York City. And if you don't figure it out in a year, you're coming home. And so when I first moved here for the first six months, I mean, I did nothing. Like I partied. I went out. I was like, because I lived at home for college. So I had never been on my own. And then I got a job at ABC News. And that was my first job. And I always wanted to be a broadcast journalist and thought like I was going to be like a news reporter. You kind of are in a way now a news reporter. Right. But that like then it was like you moved to the middle of nowhere. You did it yourself. And like on a farm. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like I have to move to New York. And that was like right when Instagram was like people were getting Instagram famous. And I was like, I feel like I could do this. And so I worked as an assistant for like two years. And then that's when I got the opportunity for Summer House. Did you always know when you were little that you were sort of destined for fame because of the modeling and you're moving to New York City? Like you strike me as someone who has sort of like 
a natural confidence. I will say I loved like being the center of attention, like in my household, like I'd be up on the kitchen table, like singing and dancing and being like, mom, record me like I and I would always be like on my E! True Hollywood story, like this is what they're going to say. Like, so like growing up, I always thought like, oh, maybe I'll be like an actress or I'll be something. And then as I got older, I was like, okay, I'm probably not going to be famous, but I like the camera stuff. So that's why I went for broadcast journalism. Never in my wildest did I ever want to be on a reality TV show or thought that I would be on a reality TV show at all. Like even when I got it, I was like, absolutely not. Why? I can't do that. For like how confident I would, I think I am and try to be, I feel like I'm equally as sensitive And the first thing that popped in my head was like, I don't think I'd be able to handle this amount of people not liking me if that were to happen. And so I was really scared about that. And my dad gave me the best advice. He said, look, do it for one year. And if you hate it, you never have to do it again. I'll get you out of it. Like, don't worry about whatever contract you're signing. I'll get you out of it. How's your dad do? (laughs) Not literally, <laughs> I don't think he could have, but like just your dad saying that, you're like, okay, like my dad will figure it out. I will take care of yeah. you. That iron Basically, that's contract. what he said. He was like, I'll take care of it. But he was like, but if you don't do it, you'll never know. Like, you don't want to look back and be like, what if I did that show? And so that's why I did it. So are you approached by Bravo or is it something you like audition for or does someone recommend you? How does the process work? It's more of a casting company reaches out to a bunch of people. So like Summer House hired this casting company. I think they found like a bunch of just girls Instagrams in New York and they had reached out to one of my girlfriends at the time and interviewed her and asked her, you know, like, do you have any other friends that you think would be good for the show? And she gave my name. I did an interview and then I heard nothing like silence. And I was like, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. I wasn't meant to get this. I feel fine that I didn't get it. And then it was June, like two weeks before the show was starting. I was packing to like go away for a wedding with my boyfriend, like my boyfriend who was like at the time wasn't my boyfriend, but it was going to be. And they called me and they were like, look, we had two girls drop out. And we want you to film this show, but you have to sign a contract today if you want to do it. Oh, that's that's a tactic. Full on tactic. But I didn't know that then. I was 25. So I was like, okay. So I called my parents, told them what happened, signed it, and then started packing for my first weekend of Summer House. Had no like idea what was going to happen. No like even inkling. Didn't really even know anyone on the show. When you're walking into that house. Yeah. That's intimidating. Beyond. But I also think... Do they film every minute second. of every day? They do. Okay. Summer House is 24-7 surveillance. They're filming when you're like there's in no, the bathroom. There's no area to like get go away and escape? There are no cameras in the bathroom. But if you're in the bathroom with another person, they can come in. But Ooh. there's not surveillance in the bathroom. So it's kind of real world. It's very real world. Yeah. So that's why when like the Southern Charm guys came and filmed Winter House, they were like, what is this? Because we're never not filming. Because they're used to just doing like- They're the, used oh, yeah, yeah. to okay. filming and then you go home at night and then that's it. You'll film again the next day. But once we step foot in the house, that's it. We're filmed until we leave. And, and is it like an environment where as it goes on, you just kind of almost forget that you're being- A hundred percent. And whenever I would hear reality TV people say that, like, oh, you forget the cameras are there. I'd be like, you're stupid. 
Like, <laughs> well, then open your eyes. Like, I was like, there's no way that happens. I would be mewing the whole time. In the first weekend, <laughs> I forgot that they were there. Uh, how? You just kind of get like accustomed to people being around. And I will say when I first walked into the house, I didn't think about there being lights. Like, I just didn't think about it, but there's lights all on the ceiling because they have nice to have... That's nice, though, because you get a right. little filter. But isn't it when Great you go lighting. in the bedrooms, there's like not even... It's like just like surveillance cameras, no? Yeah. How am I thinking that wrong? No, there are. There's They're in the corner. And so when I first walked like, in... That's where I would forget. I'd be like, there's no way. I yeah, and like at like 10 p.m., the big camera guys, like that's it. They're they're done. But it's just the, the surveillance. And then it's just surveillance. When you walk into the house, though, and there's all these like girls and dynamics and like... It's like an onion in there. Yeah. How, what was your plan to walk in? And then what was it actually like walking in? I had zero plan because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if someone was going to like tell me what to do. So when I pull up to the house, they like put a mic on me and they're like, okay, go. And I go, go where though? They're like, go into the house. And I was like, but, and do what? And they were like, what? Like, just go. And so you walk in and you kind of wait for someone to say hi to you in the first, I would say 30 minutes, I went into the bathroom and I called my mom and I said, I think I'm going to faint. Like, I shouldn't have done this. This is not for me. I don't I don't like it at all. I relate to you. This is how I would react. And she was like, OK, just get through the for like this weekend and then you don't have to go back like you won't go back. And by the end of the weekend, I had met like Hannah and I was like, no, this feels right. I just, there's something about her. This is like going to be my best friend forever. Hannah was and, comfortable. Yeah. Hannah was like for sure my security blanket through it. Who was not comfortable? I mean, we can see when we watch, but who was not comfortable to you? Well, I think because the show, it wasn't the first season. Nide came on for the third season and they were having problems with the second season. They kind of needed new people. I felt just like a little bit of an energy from the first season people of like, okay, who are you? Who do you think you are coming onto our show? Which now looking back, I get for sure. But it was definitely intimidating because they all knew what was going on. And it's kind of like when you're in high school, like there's seniors and then the freshmen come in and exactly. you're like, you don't know anything. Exactly. And that's exactly how it felt. So you kind of felt like you had to earn your place on the cast and me and Hannah got so close. Sometimes I almost felt like, oh, do they resent that we got so close or like that people like us? And so it's a very tricky dynamic to like navigate. There's also an undertone that I feel as a viewer yeah. of hierarchy, like behind the scenes. For sure. I can feel like there's like the king of the castle. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones yeah. vibes. Like but that's not showcased on television. You can just tell like certain people are put on a pedestal yeah. more. Lauren's got others. a notepad out when this stuff's going I on. I love it. No, this I've always said that there should be a reality show about the people that make reality shows because our COVID season that we were like all locked in the house together, our whole crew like was fighting and wasn't talking to each other. So producers would come in and be like, OK, like what's going on? And I'd be like, no, no, what's going on with you guys? Because it what doesn't seem about? like you're speaking. They like wouldn't tell us because, you know, they're not like our real like legit friends. Like technically they're like our producers. But so we would never know the gossip, but we could tell like there something was, a, was happening. And, but also there's an energy within the cast that you can feel. Yeah. Off camera. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always say like, it's like any group of friends. If you get 12 people in a room, obviously certain people are going to be closer to other people. Like it's not, you know, it's not like we're all going to be best friends all the time. Lauren, we would be an absolute disaster. We go to a party <laughs> for an hour and a half and leave as quickly. That's why I would like, be in the bed. That's right, why I'd be no. in the bed watching Summer House. No, that's It would be like, thing. Michael, you're staying in this house for 12 hours with the same people. I'm like, listen, I usually am out. I ghost. I do the Irish goodbye. Yeah. Hour and a half. People are wondering what happened to this guy. And people will always say like, how do you guys not get hung over? Like they, we never see you guys hung over. And I'm like, you complain about me being in the bed. That's me being hung oh. over. Like we're drinking all weekend. Yeah. And so I'm like, I need like a minute. <laughs> Why do they complain about you being in the bed? Oh God, you. this is, I, let's write a thesis on <laughs> no, this. Hold on, Michael, you got to get with it. We could write a whole yeah, hold dissertation. On. I, I will watch the show, but I maybe not up to the point Michael, of like the follow-up of people being- This is a big just like the, I don't want to say it's the persona they gave me because I am in fact the one in the bed. But they've all, like anytime we're gossiping or whatever, all the girls, we just like get in the bed and talk because there's just so many places in the house you can go. What are you going to do to go like sit on the couch and like right. cross your legs with a spot of tea? Like you're at home essentially. Right. Like I can see why. Now you're that in I've bed. met you, though, I got this weird thing where like I can't get fully vested until I meet the person. Whenever somebody comes on that is on one of these shows, yeah. and I, I I will watch and I will right. view as a casual viewer. He but likes, when I, he when I the, meet someone now, I'm, I'm going to be screaming at the TV right. and yelling. And if somebody comments, I'm going to be like, hey, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> she just needs her rest. Yeah, People yeah. do get viscerally mad that you're in the bed, though. It's like hysterical. <laughs> it's so, honestly, though, if that's the worst thing. Yeah. Then I'll take it. You're going to see me in the comment section fighting with people now. (laughs) If that's what they're the most mad at me for, I'm like, fine. On the show, I feel like you're the voice of reason. I try sometimes, but there are definitely times where I've like regretted certain things I've said or like you get just caught up in the moment. But I try and look at every situation a little bit more logically. Yes. Sometimes I'm even like, wow, you held your tongue. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how she held her tongue. There are some times too, yeah, where I'm like, I could have gone, I could have gone harder. Are you like thoughtful and like strategic when it comes to that? Or do you, is there no strategy and you just show up as yourself? You kind of have to, you kind of learn that with trial and error. Like obviously like the first time I was on the show, like I walked in and I was like, okay, what are, you know, what are people going to think of me watching this? But you genuinely can't be anything but yourself. Because you can lie to the people around you, but there's something about the camera that if you're lying, people immediately pick up on it. And it's just like a very odd thing. Well, I think it's like people recognize like all the body like language and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so you really, you really can't put on a persona too much. And also you have nothing to do with editing. Like we have nothing to do with it. So how long are you filming for? So we start typically the first weekend in July and we film every single weekend until Labor Day. So your whole summer is there. Wow. Yes. I didn't realize it was that That's long. That's a lot of work. I For some reason, had, I thought like, this was like a three-week thing. summer since I was 25. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Like you yeah. can never just charge off and go to the, you know, you got it. You're in that house. That you're whole time. in that house just for the weekends. Then we're in the city during the week and we're filming during the week, probably like two days a week. So it's a full, yeah. It's but a how much time. physical time do you have to actually be in that house from like a, I guess from like just like a straight, like how many nights in a row do you have to stay in there when you're there? Two. 
Okay. Except okay. there are times where we'll have a long weekend. Okay. Like, and we'll have a party. Like a 4th of July that's we'll typically leave like that Monday. Okay. I got it. At what point do you meet Craig? And talk me talk to me about your boyfriends yes. before. Like, I want to know like the trajectory of the meeting of Craig. Like you're who you I saw you dating someone before Craig yeah. on the show. So I actually the reason I did the show, I was 25. I'll never forget this. I was dating a guy. We were on and off. It was like a classic mid-20s relationship that like changes you as a person. And he said to me, if you do this show, I'll never speak to you again. Oh, So I was like, and that's it. And I'm doing the show. Well, also like that's so controlling. Just it was a very 25 year old vibe. It was like we would get back at each other, but it was kind of like the push I needed to feel confident to do it. And I don't I'm so thankful for him. Yeah, thank <laughs> God. So he said that. I should send a thank you note. <laughs> and then two years into being on the show, I started dating my next boyfriend who didn't love the idea of his girlfriend or potential wife being on a reality show. And I understood it to a certain extent, except that he started dating me and I was already on the show. So it's like you knew who you knew what you were getting into type of thing. Also, you had started to form your career outside of the show. Like there right. was a lot of opportunity. It's just from your perspective, he, he like knew what he was signing up for. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And he was older than me and he wanted to settle down. And I totally understood that. And I, ultimately, I just wasn't ready. We were in two totally different spots of our lives. I definitely contemplated not being on the show anymore and like getting engaged and kind of going in a different way. But I literally broke out into hives one night. And that was like my sign. I was like, wow, my body's really trying to tell me something. And I we broke up like the next day. I just knew it didn't feel right. While I was dating him, we were filming an episode of Summer House and it was Kyle's birthday and Craig came to the birthday party. And that's where I first met him. But I had a boyfriend at the time, so we didn't really speak at all. Did you think he was hot? Had such a crush on him, but obviously knew who he was. Well, yeah, like, but where is where is um, the Italian guy in all this? He's not even around yet. Got it. We're still in the, he's nowhere to be found. Fast forward two years. We all do Winter House. Craig's in a relationship, so I don't even acknowledge him, really. That's where the Italian guy comes in. He, that was his first season. And then a year later, me and Craig started dating, basically. I get you and Craig so much. I get it. I think when you guys got together, I think you guys, I mean, you don't have to say anything, but I think you guys are 100% going to get married. Thank you. It's because I think what it was for me, this is so weird because I love my reality TV. Mm -hmm. I've seen both of your shows separately. And so when you guys got together, it was like two friends that you set up that made sense. Yes. Like it just works. Like when I met him, I felt, I just felt something different. And my mom even said when I would talk about him, I was like a classic, any date I would ever go on, I'd be like, oh my God, I just met my husband. Like I'm literally marrying him. And when I started talking about Craig, I didn't say any of that. And my mom was like, wait, I actually think this is real because usually you'll call me and be like, oh my God, I met my husband. And she'll be like, oh, did he ask you any questions about yourself? And I'd be like, no. (laughs) And but so then she's like, that's not your husband. And with Craig, it was just different. I don't, I can't explain it. It just felt different. 
it kind of parallels with your friendship with Hannah. There's something comfortable about it. Something so comfortable. And I think coming from a relationship where I was almost like embarrassed that I was on reality TV and almost felt like a little bit trashy that I was on it. And then to start dating someone who was like, oh my God, everybody loves you. You're so good. You're so funny. Like to just go from that to like this praise felt so different. And like for him to get, we basically have the same job, him to get certain things that I couldn't explain to someone who has never filmed a reality show. There's just certain things you wouldn't understand. And so like we had that going that I think was really important. It's It did seem like, again, this is all as a viewer, but it does, it did seem like the, the people you were with before Craig felt mm. that they were like above reality television, yeah. sort of like an elitist and a lot of people like dismissive of what yeah. you were doing, which to me is it's so crazy that someone can be dismissive of what you're doing because you've taken it and really ran with it with everything you're doing, which we're going to get to. Yeah. But there was like you could tell there was like a dismissiveness towards you. And yeah. that makes total sense that because Craig was on a reality television show, he understood And I almost feel like now sometimes that's why I'm almost a little bit too intense with Craig where I'm like, I'm not ready to get married. I don't want to I want to like focus on my career for like a little bit longer because I was in those previous relationships where I didn't ever like put myself first or my career first. And I feel like so strongly about it now being in my 30s and Craig might get like you know, the brunt of that a little bit. But it's so important to me to like be so independent because I had those relationships where I wasn't like I wasn't treated like an equal. I was very much treated like a girlfriend who's not as successful. And like, yeah, she's just there. I think a lot of really strong, confident, successful women can attract these men that try to put them back in the jack in the box. Yeah. And stuff them back in. No, I don't yeah. think it's that as much as. Oh, that, here think, he goes. <laughs> no, I don't think it's like you're attracting those kind of men. I think a lot of men have a difficult time having a relationship with somebody who's potentially yes. as successful or more successful yes. than them. And it's like, I mean, it, if you think about like social contracts, I think a lot of people grow up with an example of like the dad being the yeah. breadwinner and the mom, you know, that's changed, obviously. I think a lot of men just can't handle with the fact that maybe they're not the one that is going to be 100%. in the limelight or being the breadwinner. You know what I mean? The holidays are here. Some of the most stressful times of the year. Nothing worse than not knowing what to get your loved ones, which is why I am here to help and why I love our partner Sunglass Hut so much. I think the first time I went into a Sunglass Hut, I must have been 12, 13, 14 years old, really young. And I have such fond memories of going into the stores and grabbing my Ray-Bans, my Wayfarers, and my Aviators. I still wear them to this day. And if you're stumped on what to get your loved ones this holiday season, think about an amazing pair of sunglasses. Like I said, I don't think you can go wrong with a pair of Aviators from Ray-Ban or the Wayfarer if they've got a different shaped face that doesn't fit the Aviator. Both of those you can never go wrong with. But They have so many other styles as well. Styles including Prada, Dolce & Gabbana, Versace, Oakley, Burberry. They have something for everyone. They have such a wide range of sunglasses over there. And like I said, nobody is going to be upset if they get a pair of stylish shades. Of course, if it's a style they don't like, they can always go in and exchange it. The individuals and the teams that work at Sunglass Hut are nothing less than phenomenal. And you go in there and maybe pick out something for yourself as well. You can find all the shades of holiday at Sunglass Hut. And one of the best things about shopping at Sunglass Hut is you can find shades that are only available at Sunglass Hut. 
Just talk to their expert sales associates or try out their latest technology, both online and in-store. It's got great service there. You'll never go wrong. So head over to Sunglass Hut and discover the special selection of shades in-store and on sunglasshut.com. There's the perfect gift for everyone this holiday. Head over to your nearest store or go online to sunglasshut.com and check out their unique selection of shades available only at Sunglass Hut. You're going to love what you find. Visit them in-store or online. Sunglass Hut is the destination for all your holiday gifting needs. Branch Basics. If you have not gotten on board, I don't even know what to tell you. Clean without compromise. You do not want to be cleaning with products that are full of fragrance, hormone disruptors, and harmful preservatives. Branch Basics has you covered. It's free of all those things. It's safe enough to use around babies, pets. I know I'm a psycho because I have my son who's walking everywhere with bare feet. And I also have two little chihuahuas who are super close to the ground. So I want the cleanest, most non-toxic products as possible. I changed my entire life when I moved to Austin and made my home non-toxic, free of fragrance and hormone disruptors. And the first thing I did was switch all my products, and I mean all, to Branch Basics. They also just launched a luxurious gel hand soap. It's beautiful packaging, and it's made with the safest ingredients to nourish your skin. I tested really high for triclosan, which is in a lot of soaps. So it's really important to me to have a non-toxic soap available for my kids to wash their hands or to wash my hands after I do the dishes. Also, this is just like a weird tangent, but I don't want a bunch of toxic chemicals on my fresh gel manicure. You should know their premium starter kit replaces all your harmful cleaning products in the home. You can save 15% off your starter kit or their new hand soap when you use code SKINNY at checkout. I use my own code all the time. It's code SKINNY at checkout, branchbasics.com. Again, that's code SKINNY for 15% off when you purchase a starter kit or their new gel hand soap. Quick break to talk about one of our favorite partners, Symbiotica. I am going to try to keep this concise, but I got to tell you, this may be a little bit longer than usual because I'm going to tell you a story about Symbiotica. I may be their very best customer. I think I actually use our own coupon code more than anyone. And I am not afraid to say it. So here's what I do. Every single morning in my coffee, I have their magnesium three a night. This is the magnesium that crosses the blood brain barrier. It is nothing short of incredible. It makes my brain feel on fire. makes me feel good. I also sometimes sub in instead of coffee, the matcha that Symbiotica makes. Then throughout the day, I'm taking the vitamin C, especially now to boost my immune system because we're in the season where every kid on the planet is sick. Also throw in a little bit of elderberry and their coated silver, which is going to just boost your immune function. At night, I am taking their magnesium spray spraying it all over my body, getting the best night's sleep. I think their liposomal vitamins are the best on the market. We were speaking the other day at Columbia, of course, because I'm such a prestigious academic. And the students there said, do you actually use Symbiotica? And I reached into my pocket and pulled out a glutathione. The glutathione there is incredible. It's got PQQ in it. And I just can't stress enough how incredible this brand is. We've had all the founders on the show. We've had Sherveen on the show, I think four or five times, might hold the record. I've mentioned the vitamin C, the glutathione, the silver, the elderberry. So if you want to try Symbiotica, there's no better time than right now. They're having a special holiday sale so you can try their amazing products at a great price. You can save up to 20% off site-wide with our code SKINNY. Just go to symbiotica.com and use code SKINNY. Again, that's symbiotica.com. Use code SKINNY. One of like my, the first times I was recognized like during Summer House I was walking down the street with my previous boyfriend and this guy came up to me and he was like, hey, my girlfriend's such a fan of you. Like, do you mind if we took a picture? And it was the first time it had ever happened to me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I'll never forget my boyfriend said, oh, 
I thought they recognized me and were coming up to me. Well, I am guilty of that too. And I was like, wait, but this guy was not, like you wouldn't have known him like at all. I was like, what would they have known you for though? Like, So he basically was like totally dismissing you and shitting on you to make himself look better. So in that moment, I was like, wow, you kind of just ruined such a first time moment for me and made it about you. And I like, I should have known then, but yeah. No, Craig's yeah. Craig's the right guy. Yeah. So when you and Craig start dating, were you guys secretive about it? How did you go about like deciding what to do with that? Yeah. So we like officially we had started dating. Drop in, like a juicy soundbite that one of the tablets. Yeah, I'm trying to up. like yeah, see yeah, like if there's yeah. something I've never said before. We had started dating scandalous. in September and we didn't people didn't really find out until like two months later. Really, and it was Bravo that was like Winter House was coming out, and they were like, "We would like for you to say it in press during Winter House press because we hadn't said anything on Instagram." I'm sure they would. That was pretty. And we yeah. were kind of like, "Look, if you want us to, we will," but we kind of like that no one knows yet. So then, finally, like we did say it, but people didn't. People like didn't love it at first, which I'm actually kind of happy about. Because I think it made Craig and I way closer in the beginning of our relationship than we probably would have been. Because we kind of had like an equal, we're like, oh, everyone kind of hates us. <laughs> what's the first date he takes you on? Like, what's the first moment that you guys fell in love? Like your first oh kiss? Like, what was your first things that you did that we didn't get to see as a viewer? So we actually went, our first date legitimately was on camera and they never aired it. What? Yeah. And we were so surprised by it because I remember filming that scene and being like, wait, this I can't wait to like watch this back. And they never aired the full thing. They did like a flashback to it. It was so bizarre. But so that our first date was legitimately on camera. And I was so nervous. Like I remember putting like a dirty martini down on the table and my hands were shaking. Like that's how nervous I was. Why were you so nervous? I think because like I also not only was I filming this first date, but I was legitimately on a first date with someone and like I liked him. And then to have like eight people just watching it is like so nerve wracking. And then you also think like, okay, like if this doesn't work out, like am I embarrassing myself? Like does it do I like him way more than he likes me? Like what are people going to think? So you kind of there's so many other things you think about rather than just like being nervous on a first date. Were you on Summer House or Winter House when this is happening? Summer House. And and does he ask you out? Like, how do we get to the date? Did like, he I ask you out? Did he, he start didn't ask me out on you? camera? No. Okay. Now I like can't even think how Craig. it even started, how that even started. Craig's I think going to come on the podcast. We're going to dissect okay, it. Yeah, yeah, we need to. Yeah. But prior to like filming that summer, I would say it was like May, May, like right before Memorial Day. And he called me and he was like, do you want to come down for the weekend? And that was like the first time we had hung out by ourselves. And I stayed for the whole weekend. And then that summer we kind of talked, but he was doing his own thing. And then I was filming the show. I was kind of doing my own thing. And then by the time it was September, I'm not going to lie, I gave him a little bit of like an ultimatum by the end of the summer. And I was like, look, we can either keep going and that's fine. That's like lovely. That would be amazing. Or we can stop. You can stop doing what you're doing and we can like legitimately date. So I was either like we're dating or like I got to go. 
Good. That's I love an ultimatum. Yeah. When you when you go to is it South Carolina or North yeah, Carolina? South. Okay, South oh, Carolina. God. But Southern charm. Sorry, kind of they're the same. Basically. Wow. There we <laughs> um, go. Okay. When you go to South Carolina and yeah. it's completely different from New York City, you can you can feel like that you're like, this is different. Yeah. What was that like? Because you're also like it's like you're almost going from one reality show to another yeah. that has its own set of dynamics right. and it's completely different energy and environment. I, I'm going to be honest. I went to an all-girls high school. So I know when like a girl doesn't like me. And I think going down and filming Southern Charm, I was so nervous that the girls weren't going to like me because I was coming essentially like onto their show. I didn't want them to think like, okay, I'm coming on now. And like, now this is my show. Like I tried to keep a really like a boundary of how much I was getting involved in and how much of a presence I actually was on, am on Southern Charm because I didn't ever want anyone to feel like I was stepping on their toes. And also it's hard to like make girlfriends in general, especially in your thirties. So I... I'm just always nervous about that, I think. Like, I never wanted the girls to dislike me. And I never wanted to, like, be too much involved in their show. Or we didn't want it to touch your style. <laughs> and also, like, I am just, like, so different in how I dress. Woo! The juxtaposition it's of that. Like, I'm like, I, sometimes I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> Figure it <laughs> what out. What did you say on the show? You're like... Sometimes like, how what did you even put florals? that together? <laughs> Where do they sell that, honey? <laughs> so it is like a little bit of an adjustment. But <laughs> what did you do when you saw Craig's fixer upper? His home? Yeah. So when we first started dating, <laughs> you guys, I feel like, like watching the show didn't even see how like bad it actually was. Like the kitchen, there fully was no kitchen. Like it was a construction zone. And the kitchen was in the living room. And I remember like when we first started talking and like me visiting, he was so self-conscious about it and like thought that like I wasn't going to like him because of it. And I was well, like, it needed a little bit of a feminine touch in there. Yeah, I was yeah. like, look, I don't care. Like, we'll look back one day and be like, how fun when we like lived like this. But I knew he was like working <laughs> Will we, toward like fixing it. But he needed me. Like if I didn't hire an interior designer and like get things going, we would we'd still have the same great couch. I'm going to defend Craig because yeah. me and Craig have a couple of similarities. Okay. Okay. I feel like Craig is one of those people that has to get really chaotic, mm -hmm. but then likes to clean up the chaos. Do you know, like there's something that's like, I'm like this. Like yeah. I love like a huge, disgusting slob closet yep. bathroom situation. Mm -hmm. And then I like to go in and just like, meditate and therapeutically clean it up and it's like perfect and the reason i say that is because no but it's absurd because no. you turn around and say how messy i am if i have one thing out and then what she does is i like to chaos, edit him and then she cleans it up and says aren't you gonna thank me and i'm like yeah. this was your shit but like the thing with craig is like you could tell when like he was doing his sewing that like it made sense to him yes the organized chaos yes made sense in his head but to no one else and I feel like he's done that with his sewing company. Mm -hmm. He's done that with his dating life. Yep. And he's done it with his home. It's like 
he fucks it up and chaoses it up to clean it up. On this, o- on this line of thought, <laughs> I could just go fuck a bunch of stuff up and then clean up. And that's part of my process. <laughs> I always say to him, I'm like, the inside of your brain has to be exhausting. <laughs> like, there's just got to be so many things going on. He has in his closet, like so many different piles of things, but knows exactly what are in those piles. And I'm always like, there's just no way that you know that. <laughs> And he, I will agree, he is similar to you, but he doesn't like to clean it, but he likes when it gets cleaned, like and organized. And that's usually where I come in. But how is it done with his company? He's done, look what he's done with his company. I will say his, the people that work at Sewing Down South are some of the best humans I've ever met. Like he genuinely has created such a family. Like everyone that started at the company, they're still there. Like it's, they definitely have such a close. It's really only like three of them that are like running it. Well, I think and about so the coolest thing close. that he did with that is I. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like a lot of people didn't take that seriously at all until it became what yeah. it is now. Even now, I feel like people will kind of give him a little bit of shit and be like, you know, you don't run, you don't run it day to day, or you don't do this. And he's like, right, but I started it, and it's here because of me, and like. Yeah, no, I hire employees to do like certain things. That's called smart delegating. Right. And so I think people try and like knock that, but that's just No, no, I respect anybody that has a vision and can pull it off, right? Absolutely. What's the differences between filming besides the camera everywhere, Summer House and Southern Charm? For someone who's a big reality fan, like what are, what, what, give us some like behind the scenes of it. I will say the schedule in general, like Summer House is you got to prep Like when you know you're going in on Friday and you're not going to not be filmed until Sunday, like you got to really like prepare yourself like, okay, that's it. Like now I'm essentially you're working like I'm filming where with Southern Charm, it's very it's way more lax. Like they Madison will come over for two hours. We'll chat. We'll gossip. And then that's it. They go home. Then you can like decompress in your own bed, like by yourself. So I actually prefer the way Southern Charm films because it is just like, a, I feel like it's a little bit easier. And also I just hate packing for the weekend. <laughs> You're very serious about your style. I, I mean, really, you have really good taste. Thank you. It's funny because everyone in Summer House, we all pack very differently. How do you pack? Michael loves packing. Like I pack for the weekend where like Amanda and Lindsay, they'll pack for like the whole summer. What? So they'll like Amanda and Kyle will pack up their car that first weekend, pack everything, bring it out there, put it in the closet. And then that's like their summer wardrobe. But what if I'm feeling different? I mean, no, I don't I could never do that. What if I need that shoe no. in the city? And I, I know and it's in also the like I'm I, I'm the type you buy a little here. You buy a little there. Yeah. Like I'm not to do that sounds so overwhelming, so exhausting. So I go weekend by weekend because we will get like a little bit of a schedule of like what we'll potentially be doing. So I go by event and that's how I do my outfit. What are the like style tips for someone who doesn't know where to start? Like what are the essentials that they need to start with? I think it's all about like having really good basics and that's how you can figure out what your own personal style is. And I also think like your style can be different every single day. Like today, She's business chic. She's business chic. Tomorrow, she might be full grunge. Yeah. So like you can, if you feel good in it, I really do think like, then wear it. Who cares? Like if it's trendy or not. How do you dress for television? That would give me an anxiety attack. It's 
Yeah, because something so that looks so cute in like person does not look good is on like camera. a stuffed sausage no, on camera. I'd, I never thought that was real. Like, oh, you look different on camera. You 1000% look different on camera. It is definitely a thing. And I now I actually try and not wear a lot of black when we're filming Summer House because it, it just like doesn't pop on camera. It's kind of like, eh. What so, about a print? I usually I'm not like a huge print girl in we general. Know. <laughs> we know. So you know, like, I don't feel like I don't really have to worry about it. <laughs> but no, there are certain times where I'm like, oh, that's gonna look so good on camera. Like that's a great color, or you know, that does nothing for my body. I'm gonna look 10 pounds heavier in that on camera. Yeah. So there are definitely decisions that I make like that. You have a lot of stuff going on off camera, mm-hmm. which I want to talk about. You have a really successful podcast. You, you also have this amazing thing going with Amazon. Mm-hmm. How did the Amazon thing start? So the Amazon thing started actually my first year on Summer House. I had gotten fired from my ABC job at the production company. And we it like because I'd technically signed a contract with NBC. Got it. And they were like, you actually can't work here okay. also. Okay. But Summer House was like, we don't care that you got fired. They like never even like covered it. So no one even like knew that season that I had gotten fired. I get fired and I'm at, happened to be at a 4th of July party, like in the city. We weren't filming. It was like on a Monday. And I met this woman who worked at Amazon and I told her I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. And I just started doing this reality show. She was like, oh, we just started this thing called Amazon Live. Do you want to come and be one of the models like while the hosts talk? And we saw this on the show. We saw you model for something on Amazon on the show. Yeah, we did. On that my first season? Or was it Sierra? We saw. I think it was. Oh, no, that's when I did Access Hollywood. Okay, go go ahead. You're right. So I do this like Amazon Live thing as a model and no one knew about it. Like I didn't tell anyone on the show. I made like $200 from it. And every time they would call me, I would do it. And then like two months later, I was like, would you mind if I talked back to the host about like the item she's selling? And they were like, yeah, sure. And so they let me. And then a couple months later, I was like, do you mind if I like host something? And they were like, "Okay, we'll give you like a segment. And then fast forward, like now I have my own Amazon live show. And now it's all like reality TV, which is so crazy. And also, I feel like you're you're a tastemaker of what to get on Amazon. Like I've gone to your page and like there's like a like a link section on yeah. your highlights and like you yeah. have all these really cool curations of yeah. like what to get. I think because like how I really did start with like Instagram was showing my outfits that I was wearing to my corporate job every day. And I was right out of college. I was literally making like two dollars like I couldn't afford any clothes, but I wanted to look chic when I was going to work. So I've always been that like on a budget. Is there a dupe for it? Like, how can you style it and it look expensive? So I think I just like so resonate with Amazon in general that it feels more authentic when you're buying something on my storefront. And and what about your podcast with Hannah? How Mm -hmm. did that come about? And do you guys always get along? You guys are doing all these live situations. Like, how does that work? Hannah truly is like there are just those people in your life that you meet and you're like, no, that's my soulmate. Hannah is that to me for sure. Right when I met her, I knew we were going to be best friends. We met actually at the Betches offices, like in the elevator shaft. I got out of the elevator and she was the first person to greet me. And I'll never 
forget that moment. So we started Giggly Squad because we just felt like on Summer House, we had formed such an intense friendship and you never kind of really saw it. And they would show like little clips or whatever. But then once COVID happened and we were in that era of like everyone going live, like everyone and their mom was like live on Instagram. It was a weird era. Who was that one rapper that like had like (laughs) one of the craziest whatever. But like that was like the era we were in. And we're like, okay, we'll like we'll do this. Our show was airing. People hadn't seen it before. And there was nothing else to watch. So like everyone was watching Summer House. So we would go live after the episodes. And then once the show was over, Hannah was like, well, we have nothing else to do. Let's just like keep going live. So we went live every single night from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. for three months. Then we went into Summer House, filmed that season, got out of Summer House and said, "Okay, let's just like make this into a podcast. We make it into a podcast and then kind of for the next now we've been doing it for like almost four years. So the like, next three years, we're just like doing a podcast and we just started doing our live shows, which is like, have you guys done a live show yet? We have not. No, you have you know, to. That's well, so much work though. We've it's done a lot. It's so fun though. It we, is. Here's and the like, thing. I don't you, think you get rewarding. energy like, like off the audience. Yes. We'll go speak. Like we just like spoke at an yeah. event, but it wasn't a podcast. And I feel like with the way that we do this, yeah. I don't know if it always translates yeah, to How live. do you do it on, like how do you take what you do here and pull it to stage? Or if you you guys like have a little bit of like a performing thing going yeah, on. Yeah, ours well. is a little bit more like comedy. So yeah. I think it's a little easier. Yes. But like, to be able to like meet the people that listen to you. Yeah, that's cool. You genuinely feel like they're your, like you know them because you're like, oh, we like think about things in you, the you exact know, same like way. The, yeah. the, the, also the reason is like I tell people like technically yeah. this podcast is just like a side thing. Yeah. Even though it's like a, you know, it's become right. something. But right. like day to day I'm running the company and then she's yeah. running her company. And I think right. it's like, to commit to be like, we're going on the road. No, I get it. It's, and then the kids are at home. And it's like, not that we don't want, I think at some point for yeah. sure, we'll consider it. At one point, you should just do like one show just for like people to meet you and like be in person with you. And like, you would be like, you guys would be able to do it. Get like whoever your favorite guest has been, have them as a special guest and just like talk to them. Okay. And people would love it. Like they really would. All they want to see is you. I think we like, just have to wrap our heads they around almost, committing like, to it. Don't even care what you're talking about. It's just like a fun night where they're like getting to meet you and getting to like hang with you. No, I love it. I think it's really cute. It's it's so overwhelming with two children. No, I can't three. imagine. That's because it's like, do you bring them or do they stay? And then it's just no. Like, there was a company a that put logistics. together like a big proposal yeah. about this like tour, and I was like trying yeah. to logistically plan it, and then I just. But our live shows. I will say I would never thought I would have been able to do it without Hannah and her being a stand up comedian does really help. Yeah, and then sure. and when we started the podcast in no situation did we think we would be in the comedy section of podcasts. Huh. Like that wasn't like a goal of, at all. Like we just kind of started talking to each other and it happened to be funny. So to now like to be performing in the at the New York City Comedy Festival with like legitimate comedians is just one of the craziest things. And that's how it's like, it's so true. You have no idea what could happen in your career, like anything. But don't you feel like because you guys are in that world of comedy, there's like a little bit of a performance thing and like people don't have to be as serious. Like 
Absolutely. Someone doesn't need to come on here and like learn about their resting heart rate live, right? Right. Like, no, that's no, true. No, we have you know to I mean? bring like, the con- you bring. But what she's saying is, you bring a, a guest who is good with comedy. Yeah, on. like it could be I just like a fun night. It doesn't have to be like a full. Comedy you can show, show your penis. Like we do. Yeah, like do something fun. Like you could strip <laughs> on stage. Listen, like if, uh, actually, I want you guys to come to a Giggly Squad show, and then I it. and then I promise. Well, See, like, like, I would do that because that's different and I wouldn't feel the pressure to... Wait, right. come on the show or watch I the show? I want you to come and watch to yeah. see like what it is and watch. then we'll brainstorm your show. Okay. Because I feel like you definitely... if you, d- you don't have to go on tour either. You can do one show in LA. And just try and, it. And just try it. You're you're opening up my mind. We, like, if, if the wheels start to fall off this thing, I'm going to skip all the live shows <laughs> and we're going straight to OnlyFans, Lauren and no, I. And I feel I like... It. I feel like, honestly, if I was smarter in a little less shameless i would be like let's get on there and only go. fans okay yeah i bet the revenue would be no it's insane yeah. they deserve it <laughs> no they work hard i couldn't imagine they do deserve it <laughs> i have basically changed every single thing about my hair in the last year and a half so when i was postpartum i noticed a lot of shedding and i got on board with fixing my hair and replenishing it. And how I did that was a couple things. I eat so much meat now, so a lot of amino acids. I do microneedling on my scalp. I switched from blonde, overprocessed hair to brunette. I supplement. And then lastly, I use a really great hair serum. And I do it with scalp massage. And the hair serum that I have been using for visibly thicker, fuller, and shinier, longer hair is Megamore. I like this one because it doesn't have a bunch of harsh ingredients. It's this cute little pink bottle. I bring it everywhere and I do scalp massage as much as possible. And just like a side note, scalp massage is so amazing for the fascia in your scalp to support your skin from being tight. What I mean by that is when you're massaging the scalp, it's like pulling up your face. So don't sleep on scalp massage. I like to do it specifically with Vegamore's Grow Hair Serum and I like to do it daily. And a fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of Grow Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good it is. Give your hair the power of the little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, him and her listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash skinny and using code skinny at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash skinny. Code skinny to save 20% off your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash skinny code skinny. Let's talk about Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers is the number one doctor-recommended weight management program and the trusted authority in evidence-based weight health. Beyond the science, joining Weight Watchers means you become part of a powerful, passionate community. They're all about community there. We got to learn all about that when we had the CEO on our podcast. The company's purpose is to always inspire healthy habits and lasting weight loss. So how they do this is they focus on behavior change, nutrition, science, and real connections while never giving up on the food that we all love. Personally, I really love how they've evolved their approach to weight loss over the years, and they're really like with the times, which I appreciate. Weight Watchers has helped millions of members on their journeys over the years, and recently they've launched Weight Watchers Clinic, and this provides support to even more people across the weight health spectrum. Most importantly, I think that Weight Watchers knows that weight management is not a one-size-fits-all thing. There are behavioral and biological factors to consider, so they really have a multifaceted approach when it comes to losing weight. Head to www.com slash TSC to see if you qualify. 
If you do, use our code TSC25 to get your first month free. Plus, you get $25 off your second month. That's www.com slash TSC. Another thing that I changed in my home when I moved to Austin was my dog's food. I wanted to get the most natural, fresh, healthy, wet dog food on the market. And I wanted something that literally had human food safety standards. So enter the farmer's dog. This is the best option for dogs at all life stages because it's not kibble. It's not canned goo. It's real healthy food. So a lot of these dog foods on the market I found are highly processed and they have low quality ingredients. I don't know about you, but my dog is like my child and I want them to have the best of the best. So when the farmer's dog arrived at my doorstep, I was so happy because everything about the food that they have has benefits. So from a healthier coat to skin to better breath to easier digestion, smaller, better poops. Two things I've noticed is Boone's breath is like amazing now, which is so weird to say. And I also notice, especially in Boone, that he doesn't have weepy eyes anymore. He used to have these like really wet eyes and I would use all these products on it and never worked. So finally, I don't have to use anything because I just changed his food. The Farmer's Dog is a total no-brainer. You have to check it out. They have such a good deal for you. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash skinny. Plus, you get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash skinny to get 50% off. That's thefarmersdog.com slash skinny. When Hannah got kicked off, and actually, I want to like make sure she got kicked off. Is kicked off the right word? Yeah. Okay. When Hannah got... Why'd she get kicked off? She got fired. fired. When Hannah got fired off the show, Mm -hmm. what was that like for you? Who's her best friend? Mm -hmm. You end up going into business with her. You guys are building a podcast. Like it's That would put you in a very weird spot. It put me in a really weird spot because... And I will say, I, I think about this probably the most of any moment that I've been on reality TV. I have a lot of regrets from that season. I think about how I could have been a better friend to Hannah. I could have been a better friend to Amanda. I think about how I was in the middle and how could I have changed the outcome of Hannah not returning that next season. I think about that a lot, but then also I think Everything happens for a reason. And in no situation would Giggly Squad be what Giggly Squad is had Hannah not been fired from that season because it just put us in a totally different area of our friendship. We no longer were on the show together, which means we didn't really have certain animosity that comes with like being on a reality show, even though we never had that before. We were always so close, but Giggly Squad just would not be would not have taken the form that it took had that not happened. So I'm thankful for that. But also I do think about that time a lot of how maybe I shouldn't have been so Switzerland and tried to be in the middle and I should have stuck up for Hannah and I should have stuck up for Amanda and I should have maybe talked more or said certain opinions. And I I just always think back and like felt bad for what Hannah went through that whole year because that was probably one of the toughest years. Yeah, ever. it was intense to it watch. It was intense. But she's also also with Giggly Squad and with what she does as a comedian. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's ten- flourishing. So it's like, you're right. It's, it's, it's good it happened. Yeah. 
but I think about it. I think about it a lot. How have you taken all of these things that you've done and sort of created your own future? Because I think that's one of the most interesting things about you is like a lot of people just go on reality television and like Mm -hmm. that's it and that's fine. But you've like really like laid a map out. Yeah. I think part of it is and I feel like I've talked to a lot of people who are like about to go on a reality show or like thinking about it. And I've had friends like call me like, what's what's your advice? Like, what do you think I should do? And I always give the same advice and I always say do it because you don't want to wake up in five years and wonder what if I did it? How would my life be different? And before you film that first scene, what is the end goal that you want from this show? That's good advice. Like so I and this I think is why Hannah and I bonded so much. My going into Summer House, I always knew like, okay, I don't want to be on reality TV for the rest of my life, but I want to be established enough so that after I'm on reality TV, you still know who I am and you're still buying whatever I'm selling or you're still tuning into whatever I'm doing. And at the time it was like Amazon Live and it was being a fashion influencer. And obviously that's like changed a little bit as the years have gone on. But I think if you're just going on a reality show to go on a reality show, you're going to lose yourself. Like you're going to lose your personality and your what you were there for in the beginning. So I think having a plan of what you want from it is probably the best advice I could give. Yeah. If you just kind of go on it and you get like addicted to your press clippings and like there's no yeah. end goal that can be really toxic because at any time you could be kicked off. And it's so easy to get like sucked into that. I had a producer tell me like the first year I was on, he was like 50% of people are going to be obsessed with you. They're going to love you. They're going to die for you. And the other 50 is going to absolutely hate your guts. Anything you do, they're going to hate it no matter what it is. And he was like, but the great part about it is neither of those sides are right because neither of those people know you. And that stuck with me for so long. And I was like, wait, you're so right. So if like you go, I've gone through times where like people have absolutely hated me on the show and I've had to like take inventory of like, okay, are my friends mad at me and are my family mad at me? And if the answer is no to both of those, then I kind of like have to kind of forget it because I'm like, it's then it's nothing for me to do. I do just stay out of the comments and the DMs. You have to. You You just don't even look. I mean, there are definitely days. I'm obviously a human. There are definitely days where I'm like deep in them. And I'm like, how could that person say that? But I will give myself credit. Like as the years go on, as I get older, it's less and less kind of a part of my life, like the comments and what people could say. The problem with reading all that stuff, too, is I think about this a lot, is like it it, it sways the way you'll behave or it sways the way that 100%. you'll actually share your opinion. Right? And in the beginning, when we were started doing this, I used to like think about like, oh, what do they want to hear? And what is the feedback? But like the problem is, is that I have to be able to have a conversation with you without thinking about that. Yes. And that's I mean, that's the biggest thing on reality TV. You have to have a conversation and be yourself and not think about how are they going to edit this? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I'll film something and I'll be like, damn, are they going to spin that where I look like such a bitch? But I'm like, I can't worry about that. Like, tell her how you really feel. Like, how would you do it like authentically? So kind of have to like put it out of your head. Yeah. And I also just like doing this for as long as we've done it now, you just realize that like people care way too much about themselves anyway to actually pay attention to you for that long, right? No, that's so true. Like it's like at the end of the day, it's just like- like, When everyone's going to sleep at night, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I like to think that they're thinking about me, but (laughs) you know. Maybe some are thinking about your hairline. Everything is, 
it, people are way more concerned about themselves yeah. than they are about what anyone else is. I even think like in personal relationships. I Absolutely. just like without perspective, I just like don't get bothered anymore. Right. What are we in store for with Summer House? Because this is, I mean, what's just happened with right. Lindsay and Carl mm-hmm. is intense. I, my first question, because it's like two prong question. Mm-hmm. Did you know that was going to happen or was that out of nowhere for you? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I had no idea that they were going to break up. And I so, don't think either of them really did either. So it was, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to watch the show, Michael. I'm going to nod my head. No, I Carl I know and who, Lindsay, I know who, Lindsay who were Carl going to get married yeah. in like I'm uh, a couple weeks or yeah. something. Like everyone had are. booked flights. I know who they are, but I'm just not up for to For their wedding. And were set to go get married in a couple weeks, got broke up, which is yeah. like okay, crazy. But so here's what I'm saying. I'm sure this is a big issue, but I when I hear about it in the context of like, it just to me, it sounds like oh, a couple broke up. No, but it's not. Th- you know? It's for the show. It's but I get, in the I ecosystem get, saying, of the show. The drama the, is heightened. Oh, I think the big, the, the thing that people are freaking out the most about is like in the Bravo world, when you hear that cameras came back up, like that's just a phrase that people are like, oh, it must be so juicy. Like camera, we were done filming and then they brought cameras back up. Is that true? So, I don't I didn't. Yeah, hear so that. we were done filming our season and then all of a sudden we get a call like we're filming again. Cameras are back up Ooh. and then and they broke up and called off their wedding. But is it just like did they grow apart? I think we don't know. Well, we have to find I out. Will, I will say, like if and when you watch the season, like when it comes out. No, no, I told you now that I've will, met you, I'm gonna be tuned in with a pen. Yeah, you'll definitely see I'm gonna be see fighting in the comment sections with straight. trolls. You'll see the ins and outs of their relationship, what their problems were, what like what they fought about, what they didn't. And I think like things will make more sense, but I can't say truly what it was because obviously like I'm not in their relationship, but do you think Craig is going to want you to move to South Carolina? I think Craig, I give him a lot of credit because he doesn't, honestly, he doesn't pressure me about moving ever. Like we rarely, he'll rarely bring it up. But he like, he misses you. You can tell. Yes. But I think he wants us to have a family and it be in Charleston. So I think whenever I. Can you imagine the pillows? (laughs) The baby, like. I would go into, I'd make him do all like baby bedding and like we would go full baby. So I think until I get the feeling of like, oh, I'd like to have a child. It won't really be a thing of like when I'm moving. I think how you're handling it is perfect. It's like there's no rush. You obviously met someone who who from the outside looking in looks like a soulmate. Like you don't need to like. And I truly feel like until I have children and they have to go to school we don't have to be in one place like you, you the t- whole I mean, time. We, we, bounce, you know? we bounce around. Right. right. So I like, didn't move in with him until I was engaged. I waited. And yeah. here's the reason I didn't do it. I, he had like this like bachelor pad, like beautiful house. And he wanted me to move in. I was living in my cute like studio apartment that yep. I loved. Everything was on my you own You were living terms. in your Barbie dream house. It was like yeah. all organized <laughs> and labels were out and it was perfect and pristine, like yep. cute studio. And he wanted me to move into his house. And and I always was like, I don't want to move my stuff into your house. And then it becomes my towel is on your floor. Yes. Because it's your house and I'm taking over your closet. Yeah. Like it just, it, there's an energy of like moving in with someone where it's still their house. Yeah. Yes. But now we've moved in together and my towel, you say, is on my floor. It's, but it's <laughs> our fucking house. Everything's mine still. <laughs> but, but, but that's how I, that's why I felt so adamant about 
getting Craig an interior designer because I was like, I need to feel like I'm decorating your home. Mark your territory. Or it's going to feel just like yours. Yes, that was really smart yeah. to do because it's like, it's like, I you also, have a part in it. I think yes. in this, in this, on this topic, like I think it's okay to have like a little bit of a courtship period and also like live apart for a bit and Absolutely. then slowly. Like, it's sexy. But sometimes yeah. you, people like they I mean not to ju judge people, but like people rush into a lot of like right. heavy life decisions. I agree. You know, and I, I like a list. I like a plan. I like to know like what we're doing. I'm not someone that like rushes in to major decisions like that, like uprooting my life and moving somewhere or like buying a house together, buying a car together. Like that's so not me. Um, so I, I like taking it a little people bit People gave slower. Lauren and I a lot of shit for a long time. I remember it was like, oh, when are you getting engaged? And the There's like this like, weird energy engaged? about it. When are you yeah. moving in? And I, like, Ooh, I think, when are you getting engaged? Yeah, it's and so we, bizarre. We knew that we had a really strong thing for a long yeah. time. In our perspective, we got together young. So I was like, listen, yeah. we're going to be together, but we wanted to like kind of have, even though we were not single, we wanted to have the 20s and the early yeah. 30s to like do things that people our age do. No, I say it all the time. I'm like, when people ask me like, okay, are you moving? or Are you getting engaged? And I feel like it's like such a dumb answer, but I'm like, I love my life. Like I love my life the way it is right now. I don't want to change I it totally yet. Listen, they're gonna ask I you totally after, get it. Once you get married, they're gonna say, do you have a kid? They're gonna say, when's the second? They did people just, yeah, go just, get busy, you know, go figure yeah. your own shit out. Right. No, but, but there is, there is that undertone always with that question of like, when are you getting engaged? It's like exhausting. It's yeah. exhausting. And then I think you get to a point where people are like, enough of you. Just stop talking to us the about thing. The thing that I feel bad for Craig is because, because I'm the one that is kind of like, oh, I don't want to move yet. Oh, I don't want to get engaged yet. I feel like because I'm the woman, people will take it and be like, she doesn't even like him. She doesn't love him. Like he should move on. And that always makes me feel so bad for Craig because I'm like, I don't ever want that to be like the narrative in the public because that is like mean to you, even though he knows that's so not like what it is. But I always feel bad that like people say that because I don't want it to like hurt his feelings. But really, if the roles were reversed and he was the guy being like, I'd love to like focus on my career a little and I don't want to move yet and let's just keep doing what we're doing, everyone would be like, he's got a he his head on his shoulders. He is, look at him just being mature Or adult. they might they might also say like, this guy doesn't take this person seriously and is pushing her, like wasting her time. Like, listen, you, right. can, you cannot win. Right, no, you literally you win. can't win at all. I will tell you though, like my intuition, it's very interesting to see him on Southern Charm yeah. with you because his whole vibe has changed. Yeah. You can tell when he's like going out on the show. It's like he has a guard up of like he is not like looking. Right. There's an, there's an energy with like Austin where like when he was with someone on the show, you can still tell he's looking. Right. He's looking around like a bloodhound. Craig's not looking anymore. Craig's close. Yeah. Craig's close for business. Craig is to his core, like a family guy. Like Craig can't wait to be someone's dad and like be like have that like core family. He's got like a teddy bear side. Yeah, of like he's ready for that next step, I think. And I mean, we talk about it all the time of like our children, like our future children and stuff like that. And he's so close with his family. And that's one of the things that is like top on my list of how he is with his family, how he is with my family and how excited he is to one day like be a family guy. But you'll pick the name. I told him he can do dogs. 
He can yeah. pick dog names. You got to pick the name. Like anytime he suggests something, I'm like, and that sounds amazing for a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, it's been fun to watch his other counterpart, Austin, now yeah. in therapy. So it's just, it's different. It's different roads. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, They've gone on, they have different paths. Trajectory. I feel like that environment yeah. down there, because we spent some time in Charleston. It's just like, it's a, it's kind of like a crazy environment. I've spent it's time like, in Charleston. Yeah. I don't even know if You don't have to like yourself. maybe grow up as much maybe well, in some ways. There's so many, there's so many more women than there are men. And but, it's such a college town that people end up just like staying from college. So I feel like they don't ever leave that like college mindset because yeah. they're still living in the same city. Like, because Craig went to college there and he's been there ever since. And so, yeah, their nightlife is definitely a little, a little more juvenile than like going out in New York City or going out in LA. Yeah. It's that been fun to see it through your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's all I'll say. Paige, where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. Tell us where we can buy what you're doing, see what you're doing on Amazon. Give us all the things. Okay, so Giggly Squad's out every Tuesday wherever you listen to your podcast. And then my Instagram and TikTok is just at Paige DeSorbo. And then I have new Amazon Lives every week. Paige, thank you for coming on. Thank Next you time you me. come on, I'm manifesting that you come on with Craig. Yes. Or with Hannah, either yes. one. And you guys, we can do like a little round table. They fight with each other because Hannah's my boyfriend. They can so rock, Craig. paper, scissors for it. Hannah's my husband. Craig is my boyfriend. I love it. <laughs> love it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Paige. Be sure to stock all Skinny Confidential products on Revolve.com. And if you want to watch this episode, you can watch it on our YouTube channel. 